So many of us are spending a lot more time, are spending a lot more time in front of some sort of video camera or on some sort of Zoom call or video call or FaceTime or whatever you have it, on social media, just trying to connect and trying to keep up. And what's, what's interesting about that, and of course during this pandemic, we know that the company Amazon has been booming and making record profits. But here's another industry that apparently is on the rise. Because of course we're seeing each other face up a lot. Can you guess what that is? What industry might, might be? Makeup, yes. Lighting, yes. But let's go a little farther than that. Cosmetic surgery. Lots of plastic surgery going on because people are seeing themselves, you know, and we're very concerned with the externals. We get all worked up about how we look and how we are presented. Last night, as a matter of fact, when Jennifer and I were Zooming with some friends, we were talking about different parts of the country and where cosmetic surgery and all of that, where if, if you're going to be in that particular culture or society, you better keep up with that as you age, especially if you're female. But we're seeing it now, of course, among men even more. We're very concerned with the externals. And this is not a new thing. We judge people based on what we see, right? From eye color to hair color to skin color to the way we dress, we judge people all the time based on the externals, right? Don't judge a book by its cover. We do it all the time. And you would think that we would figure out that it's not really helpful, but it's not a new thing. Right in the scripture passage that was read so well by our team, right before it, the Pharisees come to Jesus and they're really upset because his disciples don't follow the pattern of things. They're not doing the ritual hand washings before they eat. And, and again, these are ritual hand washings. This is before we knew anything about the germ theory. So Jesus is not saying here to all of us, don't wash your hands, okay? So don't hear that, especially in this time and place. Men, you especially, wash your hands, right? But it's not about cleanliness in the way that we think about it. it for, for the Pharisees, it's all about being clean for God. Clean and unclean. So if so Jesus' disciples who are faithful Jewish men, the, the Pharisees are saying, well, they're unclean because they're not washing their hands and saying the right prayers before they eat to show their cleanliness, their acceptability to come before God. And there are a number of other things. So Jesus, if you read the first part of chapter 15, Jesus really lights into the Pharisees. He calls them the blind leading the blind. And where do the blind lead each other? Right off the cliff. I mean, he, he has nothing good to say about this method of argument that the Pharisees have, that what they're supposed to be doing, they hold to the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law. These rituals and things are supposed to transform one's heart and bring one closer to God. Just like our worship or, or our prayer routines are, are really supposed to be ways that open us to God, that God might transform us to become more and more like God. But oftentimes what we do is we look at the external, we make a judgment, or we look at the external and we just do the thing thinking that we have done what we're supposed to do. 
and we get concerned, are we doing that right? Do we look right doing it, not asking what's going on in our own hearts? And so Jesus, Jesus then as he, and he just, I love how he, you know, the disciples are like, would you explain what you mean by food goes in the mouth and then it goes out, you know, in, in the sewer, but, but what comes out of the heart is what is not good. And he's like, really? You don't get the basics of this thing that you do every day? Like, it's not unclean food. It's not, it's not these other things that, that you eat that cause you all these problems. It's, it's inside of you. Jesus is reminding them, as we would say it today, that they are broken. We would say it this way in the church, that sin lives in us. And that all of these things, all of these judgments that we make, all of the ways that we hurt other people come from inside of us. They're matters of the heart. They're matters of our attitudes and our intentions. And so he reminds them that it is God who does not look at the externals. God looks at the heart. God looks at what is going on inside of us. And so what's interesting then is we move into this next scene where this Canaanite woman, this Syrophoenician woman, as she's called in different places, she comes up. Now, just remember, biblical scholars, the land of Canaan was the promised land. And when Joshua leads the people into the promised land, God says, you're supposed to push all the Canaanites out. Don't marry them. Don't hang out with them. Don't do all that. And of course, the Israelites sort of half listened to all that. And then, you know, there's all this intermarrying and all this stuff that happens. But they worship other gods and they do other things. And so they are seen in some quarters, of course, as the enemy. And so here's this Canaanite woman, this Syrophoenician woman who comes and Jesus is walking and she says, Lord, have mercy. My daughter is possessed by a demon. She's begging for mercy. In the Greek, we would, when we sing, Lord, have mercy, Christ have mercy, we say, Kyrie eleison. And so if you imagine her probably not in the Greek, she's probably using another language, but I just was imagining her using this beautiful phrase that we've sung in church over centuries to call upon Jesus. And, and she doesn't stop, even, even though it's interesting here, Jesus ignores her cries. The disciples can't ignore her cries because she's persistent. She persists in asking Jesus for mercy. You notice here she doesn't say, heal my daughter. She says, Lord, have mercy. Lord, do the merciful thing. And so it's unexpected then that when the disciples say, Lord, just send her away, that he basically dismisses her. Well, I came for the sheep of the house of Israel. I'm not here for you. And, you know, if, if you study Jesus much, you're sort of like, what? Because normally, well, let's go back up a minute. One, Syrophoenician woman addressing Jews, women, woman addressing a man, being loud, being persistent. I mean, you know, all of those categories, we don't, today, we don't ever talk negatively about a woman who's persistent or who talks loud, right? I mean, that's, that's we've, we've gotten over that. Heavy sarcasm. Anyway... 
But she keeps persisting and the disciples are like, get rid of her. And Jesus is like, he says to her, I, you know, I didn't come for you. I didn't come for you and, and uses a derogatory term. But she persists. She, she comes back and she says, Lord, but even the dogs receive scraps from the table of the master. Mm. She persists. And I think there are at least two ways of thinking about how Jesus is interacting here. One is that Jesus in his humanness is in some ways blinded by the divisions in culture that he somehow has, has this single, at this point in time, has this single-minded mission to the sheep of Israel only and that he can't fathom that and that this woman then changes his mind. That's one interpretation. Because we know that at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, he says to the disciples, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, not just of the house of Israel, but of all nations, including the Canaanites, including the Syrophoenician women, including all the Gentiles. Another way of looking at this that a friend brought up to me was, well, what if, what if Jesus, the great teacher, is at work here? What if he says, you know, I'm going to act like they are acting, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow through on what they think we ought to do here and let's just see what happens. Let's just see if this is a teaching moment. And so when he says, you know, we don't give things to you dogs, and she says, no, the scraps come, he rewards her and says, great is your faith. Because he often says of the disciples, oh, you of little faith. What if the great teachers at work here opening their minds to something new and unexpected? I think it's an interesting question. But it is our problem with the externals that is at play here, right? It is at play here. We judge by the externals and we miss out on what God judges by and what God sees in each and every person. God sees not the externals. God sees the heart. God saved us even though our internals are all wrapped up in sin. God said to us, I'm going to give you this new life and I want you to enter into it, into this kingdom life where you see people differently. I'm asking you to have your hearts and your minds and the eyes of your heart transform so that you begin to see each and every person, no matter what they look like on the outside, no matter what ability or disability they have, no matter what color of their skin or color of their eye, no matter if they have kinky hair or straight hair, no matter if they're short or tall, fat or thin, that you see in them Christ, that you see in them my son, that you see in them a beautiful and beloved child of God, a creation of the heavenly Father. And that you treat them with dignity and with honor and you seek the best for them, not just for yourself. 
And so this is what we are called to do, brothers and sisters, especially in this time when the temptation is to judge even more so by externals. We're judging people by their Facebook posts. We're judging people by what they put up on their social media. We're judging people by the color of their skin still to this day. We're judging people by their socioeconomic status. We're judging people on all kinds of multi-layered ways that we don't even understand We are called to humble ourselves before God, to confess and to seek the forgiveness that we are given, that our piety and our practice of confession and prayer and faith and worship might bring us to a place where we begin to be transformed by Christ, to see what God sees past the externals that we might bless all nations and that all people might be called to faith in Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, may the eyes of your hearts be transformed to see as God sees. Amen.